everyone. Welcome to episode number 174 of the Socially Distanced Podcast. I'm Amanda Rivas, your human Star Wars encyclopedia, your Padme Amidala of anime. Excited to be here to host this awesome adventure as we talk about all things Ahsoka. So this is my time, guys. I'm still reveling in it. I know social media, there's a lot of mixed things out there, but you know what? I'm still happy and I'm going to be happy I've been waiting for the show, as many of us have, and it's here, and we are we are here to dive into all the details. So, of course, joining me on this fantastic adventure is, dare I say, the Sabine Wren? Or no, the Hu Yang. The Hu Yang, because he is no he can no longer be Balin Scroll over here. <laughs> as as you actually called no. He is now the Hu Yang of our of our podcast adventures here. So Bill Botkin, my dear friend, editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. Hello, sir. How are you today? Arr, whales in space. And I'm also prepping for the debut of Pop X anime, where I have to somehow watch eight episodes of the live adaptation of One Piece in like under 12 hours. It's going to get weird on that one. So look forward to that on this very podcast feed next week. It's gonna it's gonna be a large one folks pack your party bags people oh i thank you for again agreeing to be the first guest to take this awesome adventure because of course it would be you that would we would have to watch <laughs> eight hours yeah. uh, probably an hour each of one piece which i don't mind because i love one piece and everything i've heard so far about the show has been really really hype so we get to dive into it anime pop debuting soon can't wait and super excited and even more excited because I've been waiting to talk to our guest about all things Ahsoka, one of the wonderful new voices to thepopbreak.com. She is writing some great work here. I've read the last, the, her latest article, I wanna say, did it, it drop today, correct? I think, because I, I wanna say, I think I saw it already. I read it while I was on my lunch break, great work. Um, so Amanda Clark, we are excited to have you back with us here on the pod to talk all things Ahsoka. Of course, please go check out her work on thepopbreak.com. Great last last two articles, only more to come. So thank you again for agreeing to jump on with us and talk about all things Ahsoka. So how are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me back. It's always lovely to be here, but I am dying to talk about the episode with you. I keep hearing how much you've watched Rebels and I was just like, finally, someone who does watch Rebels and can understand and truly appreciate Ahsoka. Yes, and I loved with your first piece how you wrote that you you should watch, and you <laughs> yeah. are absolutely right about that because it's just you can still and we talked about this last week, but you can still follow the story. It was very oh, yeah. very well laid out, but you just have a deeper appreciation of the relationship between the characters and just why we love them so much and why we are geeking out, especially about the the live debut, which we'll talk about here of another character. Um, you know, why we love them so much. So I'm so excited to dive in. But before we do that, let's do a little bit of a pregame. We're going to put on a completely different hat here. Oh my God. Outside of the Star Wars, right? <laughs> kind of like drastically different hat. Because we just got within, I want to say it was like the last day and a half, a teaser trailer for the adaptation of the 1998 comic book, The Killer, that's just going to be dropping in select theaters on October 27th and on Netflix on November 10th. The Killer, directed by Dave Fincher and starring Michael Fassbender in the titular, titular, I can never say that correctly. Titular. Thank you. Titular role. 
you can tell I'm very, very excited to just be here and I can't talk right now. There's just so much good stuff happening here, guys. Um, so this trailer dropped. Of course, you got Michael Fassbender in the lead role, but also we look at this cast, Tilda Swinton, Charles Parnell, Solid Baker, of course, there's Arliss Howard as well. Um, so you guys, I want to know what your thoughts are on this trailer. And of course, I'm not terribly biased. I mean, the soundtrack is obviously my favorite, my favorite musician of all time. Soundtrack number five for Dave Venture, Trent Reznor. I love you. Please, please come on our podcast one time so I can gush and probably cry. Um, <laughs> um, but guys, I want to know what you thought about this trailer. So I'm going to start with you, Bill. And do you think that Michael Fassbender in the lead role, because I mean, we've seen him in side pieces here for different movies, I mean, Prometheus, uh, X-Men, um, you know, do you think he can carry the lead? Is he going to draw? Oh, 100. Oh, can you draw, brother? As I'm watching, like, what's going to be great about this episode is you guys are going to geek out about Rebels, and I'm going to watch the rest of Dynam <laughs> ADW Dynamite while you're doing this. It's going to be great. But when it comes to David Fincher, I love David Fincher. There is, outside of probably Alien 3, there is rarely a Fincher, rarely does not miss. Um, you know, seven. Uh, Zodiac, which was the first movie my wife and I saw on our, our first like real date, which is like an odd movie to see. But actually, if you know us, it's not an odd movie at all. Uh, there's so much he's done. And if you have if you have not watched his Netflix series Mindhunter, you have to check it out. Uh, the voice of Christoph is in the lead. Um, but it's just that's awesome. And what I love about this Fassbender 100 percent is going to be able to carry this. Now it's it's a weird year for him because he's also doing that Taika Waititi comedy where um you know he's like a, a drunk soccer coach teaching like a Samoan team how to like or a or a New Zealand team to you know play soccer you know and now then he's doing this stylized brutal action film which I think is going to be fantastic. Fastbender has been in some bad ones. Uh, the uh, was it I think the one's called the Snowman. That one is just the dirt worst. But he's done so many great things elsewhere, and I think he's going to be really awesome in this. The whole trailer is just like, stick to the plan, do this. And I'm like, somehow I have a feeling he's not going to stick to the plan. And I am here to watch all of it go sideways. I think this movie is going to be great. I really do. I have high, high hopes for this one. This is. I remember just hearing this was going to be released. I'm like, this is already a top five must-see for the year for me. Yeah, I'm I'm hyped for it. I mean, I I really, you know, with with Fassbender, I mean, he's grown a lot just acting wise as well. And then I mean, he's he's I I, I was laughing because I saw a meme earlier where it was like David from Prometheus is really now <laughs> able to take out humans, and I was like facts. But I mean, his he he has made some terrible films. He really has. But he also when he's in the right roles and is given the oh. the, the he's brilliant again i loved him and he stole the show in in prometheus a thousand and ten percent um and x-men again magneto like who <laughs> i mean yeah. james mcavoy is super charismatic and then you throw in michael fassbender on top of it and of course i loved him and um uh jane Eyre too i'm going like way back early in his career yes did i simp for michael fassbender absolutely of absolutely did. of course i did of course, of course i still simp for michael fassbender but again dave fincher just his movies have been absolutely brilliant um and this is going to be no different i think this this is just circling back to what's made what's worked for him and what's made him famous 
And so, and just, this is going to be, we're, we're in dire need of good movies and good, good content to stream. Um, so please bring it on. So Amanda, what do you think? Are you, are you here for Michael Fassbender? You know, are you here for this film? What are, what are your thoughts on this, on this trailer? Oh, I'm definitely excited for it. Watching it, I, like Bill said, you can tell everything's not going to go as planned. Everything's going to go wrong in every way possible. And even I feel like there'll be some ways where we don't see it going wrong until it's already wrong and they have to fix it, which I think would be really interesting. But definitely here for Michael Fassbender, I think that would be a huge draw just because he's done so many films already. He's grown so much as an actor, like you guys said already. And again, who doesn't love him from X-Men? You gotta just go and support him as an actor alone. And Inglourious Bastards. Yeah, oh, that's right. Inglourious Bastards, yeah. Wow, I forgot he was in that. Oh my God, that was such a good movie. But no, honestly, I'm so here for it. I want more than a teaser. I feel like they didn't give enough. It was just, obviously it's a teaser. That's what it's called, but it's just way too short to actually, I feel like, understand and appreciate what we're about to get. So I, I feel like right before the holidays is when we're going to get the teaser. We got the teasers. So I want to say it wouldn't shock me if we get the full trailer during the first. Well, what is this? I was going to say the first Monday night football game or what during one of the big football uh, games yeah. coming up. So because this is a that sounds about right. Yeah, because that's I mean, Disney has done this a lot or like a lot of people do these trailers during monday night football or whatever just to get you hyped and i think this is this is definitely one you want to get that football crowd for and amanda young amanda amanda the young we're going to not that uh, our host you're not that you're you're not as old as me so what i'm saying is amanda, like Jr. Amanda, you, Bill. it's okay amanda, amanda jr i'll call you like the fact that you're just like oh i loved inglorious bastards i do worry about the youth i'm like what do they like do they like good movies? Yeah. are they into good movies and then she, you just proved us right obviously you already got us with the star wars and the rebels and when you're saying i love the inglorious bastards i'm like ah the circle is complete she's one of us <laughs> she's, she's part I mean, of the how team you not love that film it was because so i figure because most people your age haven't watched it haven't. <laughs> honestly I'm... i would not be surprised i feel like there's a very few amount of college kids who have seen it that's why i gotta get in there and teach you guys better uh, <laughs> yeah. i teach you guys yeah. better come, come teach a class oh, already you, you give us, in the works. You give us you give us faith in humanity again. That's yeah. that's just all I all that's all I really need. I, I'm no, not I try carrying it on my shoulders, but I it's just too hard sometimes. I know. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, super excited to check about? this. <laughs> We're we'll just circle back to Michael Fassbender because I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so we'll see. Hopefully, maybe this is something that we'll cover. You never know. So stay, oh. You never know with socially distanced. You know, so I, think, always... I, I think we will. I think we should. I think we got some open dates to yeah. fill. We definitely will. But Amanda, before we get into talking about the latest episode of Ahsoka, let's throw it to uh, a couple commercials for all the great podcasts that are on the Pop Break Podcasting Network. Hi, I'm Alex Marcus, podcasting director for thepopbreak.com. I'm Bill Bodkin, Pop Break's editor-in-chief. And I'm TV columnist Josh Sarnecki. And together, we host TV Break! Whether you are looking for a freewheeling discussion on the latest Disney Plus release, an update on the latest season of Bake Off, or what's happening in the tumultuous world of streaming, 
stop on by the Pop Break TV podcast feed on the first Monday of every month to join in on the fun. Josh didn't get his second line. I'm sorry, Josh. Hey, I'm Allie Nelson, and I love romantic thrillers. And I'm Tyler McCarthy, and I don't know much about romantic thrillers. Together, we host Not Couple Goals, where we discuss the best and, let's face it, worst in romantic thriller cinema. We cover classics like Wild Things and Cruel Intentions. And newer releases like The Boy Next Door and Deepwater. Sometimes it's just us. Other times we're joined by great guests, including some of your pop break favorites. So, if like me, romantic thrillers are your guilty pleasure, or you were raised on Lifetime movies like me, join us every other Thursday on the Pop Break Today feed. Again, check out the wide variety of podcasts that we have here on thepopbreak.com. There's something for everybody. So again, you know, super, super excited to, to always support. And, you know, again, check us check us out. Check out our podcast. Check out our great content on thepopbreak.com. But you guys, we're here. Episode three. Episode three. So I'm, I our next segment. My girl is still back, y'all. <laughs> she is. She's still here, and I'm happy about it. So this is where we we give go over the wiki entry for part three, Time to Fly. And of course, this is um, directed by Steve Green and written, of course, by Dave Filoni. So let's see what wiki has to say about this episode. So Ren restarts her training under Ahsoka and Hu Yang's guidance as she struggles with her inability to use the Force. Sindula meets with Mon Mothma, the Chancellor of the New Republic, and a group of influential senators in order to gain permission to send Republic forces to Sados. Despite Mothma's support, the senators refuse to believe that Thrawn and Bridger are alive and deny Sindula's request. Having been informed of this by Sindula, Ahsoka, Ren, and Hu Yang travel to Sidos, where they discover the Eye of Sion, but are intercepted by a squadron of fighters led by Haiti and Marak, as Elspeth uses the lasers on the Eye of Sion to fire on them. Group escapes by flying through a pod of Purgle, yay, and land on the surface of Cedos, where they take refuge in the forest as Hu Yang gives his full analysis on the Eye of Scion, which he classifies as a hyperjump gate. However, Hedy is aware that they are hiding somewhere in the forest. As a result, Skull dispatches his forces to hunt them down. So you guys, so of course this episode was a lot shorter <laughs> than what you know to me it felt like it it ended like a rebels episode it's like you're into it and then boom right um because the first two episodes i think were roughly about almost an hour each or maybe very close to that so yeah um so with five episodes left i say that sadly because i want more um five episodes left and again you know there's a lot of noise on social media either very pro or very mixed do you think having these shorter episode times is going to continue to hurt the show. So what do you think, Amanda? I don't think it will hurt the show at all because having the shorter episode times, I feel like they get to like the punch of where they're going in that episode a lot quicker and they don't have like all the fluff you have to deal with to get there. So I think it helps like keep the audience's attention like more on like Ahsoka, more on the plot, more of her trying to now get like the map of the ball <laughs> the crystal to help prevent Thrawn, Thrawn from coming back and everything so I think the shorter episode times are for the better then like you said it kind of did remind me of a Rebels episode too because like you were just getting into it and you were just getting like oh my god where is this going next oh my god what is she gonna do now they brought back like 
everybody basically in the end you could see coming in they brought back like the um inquisitor they brought everyone back and i was just like oh my god what's going on with this and they had like you said the purgle uh space whales and i was just like it's so amazing to actually see them be more than just like background characters now and they're actually possibly might integrate into the plot but i do think the shorter episode times are for the best just because you're not going to have to deal with like a ton of like background side plots none of that's gonna like really creep through thankfully hey phil what do you think well it's so funny we just came off like six weeks of secret invasion i don't know alex is gonna love this me talking bad about secret invasion uh is where we were like oh my god there's not like why are you rushing why are these episodes so short we need more time to develop the plot well this is what happens when you maximize your minutes and i felt like while it was a shorter episode like every moment mattered there was impactful stuff happening and amanda's in amanda's review as she's some summarized right now we're really sticking to the plot with very small diversions here and there we're having the harris stuff but the harris stuff ties directly into this we have sabine learning force ties directly in everything revolves around this one plot we're not as much as i love mando and i really really love mando like we would go on a lot of side adventures. I always bring up the Bill Burr stuff. It's just like, hey, let's go help Bill Burr out and give him a redemption arc, which, you know, <laughs> was great. I loved it. But there was so many times where we're like, what are we doing here, guys? Why are we going all over the map? Or, you know, don't get me started on Book of Boba Fett. I mean, that whole show is <laughs> just a diversion. Just like, what's the plot? I don't know. And it's just like, and so we didn't have that. And we we have, it's just all killer, no filler. And if you make the most of your minutes, that's all that matters. Now, I think some of the episodes even get a little shorter coming up, but that is a little disappointing. Like one I heard maybe 26 minutes and I'm like, that sucks. But that it could also just be misinformation on the internet. So I look at it and I say like, I'm here for this because there's no fat on the bone. It was all a delicious steak dinner. It really, it really was. Al is totally hating you right now, I'm sure, for the Book of Boba Fett reference. I, I uh, feel it. I feel well, the he's, energy. He's shooting Bruce Springsteen right now. So exactly. he's, he's fine. <laughs> he's somewhere, he's fine. you know, in the middle of the, you know, the concert. He's like, someone's talking bad about the Book of Boba Fett. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> the only person who I know who enjoyed that show was Al. This is true. He really is. Nobody else, I think, really, really enjoyed it at all. But anyway... Um, you know, I, 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 with you guys initially at first, you know, I'm like, well, we have five more episodes. That's a, normally a little bit more concerning, but I think what the show has managed to do really well, like you said, Amanda, it, 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 and, and of course you too, Bill, like it's, it's all killer, no filler. Like the story is actually progressing in these 30 minutes. And like we talked about, it's, a, it feels like an episode of Rebels. And that's what Rebels did. If you go back and look at it, the runtimes for the, the different Rebels episodes, they were about that ballpark, like less than 30 minutes. Um, but they moved the story. They did. You, you know, it really, really did. Very well written. So so for me, I'm not as concerned because I feel like, you know, one, you're never going to make everybody on the internet happy. People oh. who were complaining the first episode ran to, it was too slow to begin with. It was this, it was that. And it's like, no, it, it I mean, the, it, the first episode is always going to run a hair slow. And it didn't even run as slow as other shows so i'm like so hush y'all <laughs> hush um but you know exactly it, it's facts i'm totally gonna bring my southern out here um but you know it it you're never gonna make people happy 
But I, I feel like to me that these episodes, as long as they continue the pacing that they're going and that we are getting progression in the story, which we got a lot here. We got a lot in 30, less than like roughly in 30 minutes. And as long as that happens, they're going to make, I feel com comfortable that they're going to make the most of those five episodes. Even though I'm with you, Bill, <laughs> I hope the 26 minutes is not true. Um, but I know that, I, and Dave, I trust. And Dave, I trust, especially yeah. with Ahsoka, especially with Ahsoka. So, but you know who else is struggling along here? You know, of course, we're, we're looking at Sabine. We open up having our general grievous moment. Anybody else get that? That was that was great with Hu Yang, by the way. I was like, you know, General Kenobi. I had all that going in my head at that time. Um, but we see Sabine, you know, struggling to use this lightsaber. Um, and just kind of a fun fact. I, I mean, I look into um, the sword style. And everything too did you have a chance to kind of peek around at that it's um so basically it was a kind of a tribute to you know george lucas's inspiration by a lot of the samurai same thing with with you know dave filoni there's this there's this love of, of samurai and in fact i want to say that sometimes you know george lucas kind of treats it treats his jedi like they're space samurai but apparently the the sword style is called satoshi and there is a fictional blind swordsman satoshi yes he, that's it, yeah, yeah. Created by Japanese novelist Ken Shimoazawa. Oh, wow. um, it was a 26 movie series between 1962 and 1989. It was a that's where this fictional was the protagonist. And also, Wait, it was, you it was it's a, 20, a 26? 26 movie series running between 1962 and 1989. And then there's also a TV series, 100 episodes. Oh my God, that's TV. crazy. Yeah. So, you know, it's very meaningful. Yeah, it's it was it was apparently some of the the fighting style. Um, you know, of course, Atochi's a drifter, wandering master of the blade. You know, kind of a Rurouni, almost like a Rurouni kind of kind of feel. You know, helping out people got, in need. You I got, got that, that reference? reference. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, and so, helping out people in need. Um, you know, Kane and Jarrus pulled. Fun fact for rebels: Kane and Jarrus pulled some of his sword fighting techniques from that same style. Ahsoka is chan channeling that now. Um, and the biggest tribute comes from Rogue One's Chirrut Imwe as the blind swordsman. So the same style is in use here. So we see Sabine learning how to fight blind, um, if you will. And then we see her in the, trying to move this small cup, We use trying to use the force. We don't really see anything happening. Um, we asked this question, you know, last week, Amanda, and I kind of want to get your thoughts because, you know, we have, you know, Hu Yang saying, yeah, you're kind of pretty much the worst <laughs> Padawan in terms of being force sensitive. But the idea was thrown out there that she's force sensitive. Do you think she really, especially since you've watched Rebels, do you think she actually is force sensitive or do you think she's a non-force user? It's hard because in Rebels, they really pushed how she wasn't Force-sensitive and how that was, like, never going to be on her radar or in reach. But then with Ahsoka and everything, she's really pushing how, like, the Force is within everyone. And if you have, like, enough, like, dedication, you can actually, like, become Force-sensitive, which I thought was really interesting. So I think there is a possibility she will be. Um, I just don't think we're gonna see it until probably the very last episode I think they're gonna try and push it all the way back or maybe even second to last episode but I think there is a possibility especially if Ahsoka sees some like spark or 
some sort of hope in her to become force sensitive, I think there's a really good possibility that she will, especially because it does seem she's very determined, but she does have that stubborn Mandalorian side in her. So going past that to look in the force sensitive side, I think will be a huge journey for her. So if she turns out to be a force user, do you, does this hurt the story for you at all? You know, given that she was never, it was never mentioned in Rebels that she was force sensitive. Nothing like that came up. She struggled with the Darksaber. Um, In fact, she had to adapt her style to be a combination of fighting with Mandalorian weapons and the Darksaber. So do you think this, if she all of a sudden magically becomes force force using, do you think it hurts the story? I don't think so, because I also don't think it's going to be like, out of the blue or anything i think there will be some progress to get her there but i don't think it's gonna hinder the storyline at all because i mean you still need some new refreshing stuff coming into the storyline and everything every now and then but i think it would be a good twist you know it'll show us a different side of ahsoka as well how she can actually teach someone and actually bring it out in someone else other than like herself so I think having Sabine become force sensitive might help the plot and help like them get to the end and get to like what they're trying to do. So what do you think, Bill? I, and I, I asked my second question because I just remember all the outcry with, you know, Princess Leia floating in space and all of a sudden she's channeling <laughs> the force and people got mad. Um, well, that's a different Okay, that's so different, I, 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 like. I love The Last Jedi, but force oh, bubble, no. force bubble is ridiculous. <laughs> her channeling the force yeah obviously yeah. but but getting in like a, like a soap bubble and being able to like dodge between, hey, come on come on yeah now. let's let's uh, those choices were made and they weren't correct so it, yeah However, I, I i think that i have no problem with princess leia wielding the force any other way it's perfect yeah I, also let me preface this by saying if luke skywalker did that would have also been ridiculous so I'm just saying. Oh, for sure. Right. Oh, for yeah. sure. So it just... it's it's a level playing field. It, it's just a bad choice. Now Ahsoka going out on a wing of a of a spaceship and wielding lightsabers and taking out a plane, and that's fucking cool. But um, and it was done before. Space He's done it before. I didn't know that, and it was awesome. But going back to your original question, I think this this is. I said last week that I feel like this is more about Ahsoka. Be, this is more about Ahsoka than Sabine. But watching this episode, I'm like, ah, maybe in my usual fashion, I'm wrong, uh, because I feel like I had to, I, I had to take a step back, and I did it while you guys were talking, and I wasn't like not paying attention to what you're saying and watching wrestling, but a little bit. Uh, it was, um, we're building towards this movie, so we're gonna get all the Mando characters, and all these characters are gonna, they're gonna, you know, intertwine once, once again. So having a man, because there's that line, a Mandalorian has never wielded the force. Well, there's a little green guy who might be, you know, and then it's like, how is that going to work? So there's something here we're building towards the future. So I think she will eventually use the force and it will come in a way that's like, gosh, I feel like I was just watching something where it was like someone was using their powers, but only could use it in a panic state. I can't remember what the hell it was. Yeah, oh, can't, it, it's it's gonna escape me for the for the time being. Oh, it was Agents of Shield, uh, and it's uh, Quake. Um, okay. Sky, Sky. Oh, Daisy. yes, yes. So she could only use it when it was like, you know, she had a hard time channeling. It was like 
you know, a, a defense mechanism. And I feel like that's what we're going to get. That's what's going to be like. She's at the right moment. So convenient. The force will work and it'll be awesome. It won't be like convenient. Like, oh, that was fucking convenient. It'll be like really a really good point. And then it, it, the story of Sabine with the force will be going further in the Filoni-verse saga. Because you also have to build up the future of Star Wars. And like, not everyone has metachlorians and you got to go through all that stuff and you know then you got to bring luke skywalker back to train people this this way you get around things like in a narrative structure so you don't have to keep bringing luke back because you could only ring that bell so many times before it becomes tired and mark hamill does he still want to do it you know what i mean like and and i don't want ai mark hamill you know what i mean Let, let's not do this but I feel like you have to have someone teaching the next generation. And if the force is all around us and people can start wielding it, if they learn it properly, that's the way you get new heroes built within the future of Star Wars. Well, and and I feel like, you know, Bill, you bring up a good point here in this last with your last sentence, because, you know, I, I who Yang made some interesting comments about he you said know, a lot of stuff uh, he did he said a lot and we'll, we'll dive into those comments here because um they're directly now tying into our convo about where we're going to go with star wars but um you know he made the comment about how you know roughly about like a thousand years ago the jedi order changed to what it is or what it, it currently was you know before it, it order 66 happened right um so i i feel like you know Sabine is starting to signal maybe there's another shift coming because why would that be mentioned, right? Um, and of course, you know, we're looking to the future of the franchise now. And so and the seeds were planted with, you know, the the last Jedi, that same mentality of, you know, the force is all around us. People can can wield it if they really, really want to. Um, we could be, to me, we could be seeing, especially with I trust Filoni with the storytelling. I don't think people will be, I think people are going to be upset no matter what because it, people are just gonna find something to complain about they always do um but i feel like feloni will tell the story right and i feel like you know that sabine's use of the force i think is going to be the narrative for the next part whether that's going to happen in the in the mando movie or going forward i think this is going to be the shift in the new jedi order you know because clearly we see what happens with <laughs> you know ben solo and all that stuff with the sequel trilogy right the old way didn't quite work out or the current way um so i mean i, I think we're we're going into the next phase um of the jedi order because there's no jedi left where, where do where do we go from here clearly the old method didn't work so what's the next <laughs> what's the next step from here and i think sabine and her wielding of the force is going in that direction so it'll be a fresh story to tell and a new a new direction for the jedi order at least in my in my this opinion is but a bit of a sidetrack but it's a very small question is where's the timeline guys where's the timeline for this as compared to force awakens this is before the force awakens correct this yeah. is okay so this we have not gotten to so. ray and all that stuff because the first order. this is the leading up to the first order right yeah. right because because hera and actually jason sindel who we'll talk about here shortly um were flying the ghost you can actually see the ghost in um uh the rise of skywalker if you look in the sky kind of oh, the sky fighting scene you yeah. can the ghost there's is a, there there's a bunch of ships they have from the different video games and then stuff like that in rebels yeah remember that was a big deal I was like, it's the ghost. Yeah, that was me in the theater. Upset, <laughs> upset at everything else in the movie, except for that. I was like, the ghost is there. And I was like, if something happens to the ghost, 
I am just not having it. It's, today. Like, the first, it's like the first ship that goes down. That's what I don't. I was worried about that. <laughs> That's a legitimate concern to find. But you know, we're we're, we're uh, but we're segueing into so Hu Yang's comments here, and we're talking about you know the like no Mandalorians as far as we know. The only Mandalorian we know about is Tar Vizla, that of course created the dark saber. But Hu Yang mentions there were a few Mandalorians here. Um, you know, do you think that we're going to? I know we're looking forward, especially with our sweet baby boy uh down the horizon here but are we do you think we're gonna look are we gonna get anything um going backwards do you think we're gonna get any more about the history of the mandalorian jedi conflict or anything like that because i i was curious i wanted to see what you guys thought because those are some interesting comments again that hu yang made and you know dave he doesn't put anything out there without a made either a purpose or again a, a, a easter egg of love for all of us but um but what do you guys think? Do you guys think that we're going to get something like that? Another project down the pike that they haven't announced yet? What do you think, Amanda? I think it's a really good possibility because I just think they're going to keep churning out so many different Star Wars, um, either movies or TV shows, probably more so along the line of TV shows. And not that we don't want them. I think it could become overwhelming at some point and maybe just like too much. I think I might want to just keep going forward, but honestly, if they did make a show about the past with, like, the Mandalorian Jedi history and everything, I think that could work really well, honestly, because there's not that much information on it, so they could have so much free range with it and then do almost anything that they want. Of course, you know, leading up to, like, the Jedi Order Falling, Order 66, and everything like that, but I think it would work really well as long as they do it tastefully and they don't try to shove it down the audience's throat because there have been so many star wars back to back to back to back of tv shows coming out so i think it and they are slow a much they are gonna slow it down that's the that's the plan oh, right yeah bob Iger's like uh we need to stop making so many things <laughs> I mean, I think that would be a good plan, but I do think they could make a show from, like, the past, because who doesn't love going back in time, finding out more information on how everything's connected? I think that would be cool. We might so just need you, to take a pause. Yeah, valid point. I mean, Bill, what do you think? Especially now that we I, know there's some old... We're going... The timeline has also been revised, or at least yeah. more detailed timeline is now out. So, so does the accolade... The accolade takes place before all this. So It does two things i think that happens is this ties that stuff ties into the acolyte or this is going to be um this stuff is going to be background and eventually played out in like a kind of mini episode within a series so we're going to see a bunch of clips and montages from this uh mandalorian jedi conflict maybe even an entire episode dedicated to it i don't see it being a brand new property I feel like they want to go. It's either, although like with the act, so they're gonna move away from Skywalker. So they're gonna be like, okay, we have to go way back, or we have to go way forward. But I feel like, like we've gone way back with some with some stuff. It's worked with House of the Dragon. It didn't work with Lord of the Rings. Like the Hobbits made money, but they didn't stick to the ribs. People love House of the Dragon, though. I think it's fifty fifty. But I really think this is going to be, unless this is the main plot of uh, the Acolyte, I think this is going to be more used as exposition and motivation 
within this Filoni verse with maybe an episode created a, a dedicated toward it because I feel like Dave Filoni is like all right I've talked about these characters enough I, th- I just want to put one episode out there just give me that one Favreau let me do it and I think they would I think I don't think it would be bad at all I mean if Dave Filoni again we've seen if Dave Filoni is in charge we'll be fine we're fine with Filoni and Dave we trust and Dave we trust that's that's my whole slogan Dave here rules for, everything uh, around us you know we love you Dave you want to be on the pod <laughs> I, I feel like I should just ask please um you know I I wondered if you know this so I think it's a good point that I feel like we're going to get more of an exposition with this type of conflict because it, it is it keeps coming up I feel like this may show up in an episode of Mando um where we get it as a background kind of we're going to learn more because again you know with sweet baby boy he is of both worlds at this point and so at some point the conflict does have to be directly addressed to understand or more directly addressed i should say to to make the make you know baby boy's narrative fit better and explain why he's so important being mandalorian and jedi so i could see it us revisiting that past in the the current filoni verse in that way that just seems the best way to do it because he's already spent the last season of mando setting up you know mandalore uh, as it is a Bo-Katan and all of that. So, which, which again, everybody can go listen to. <laughs> We've covered it. Um, so I can see that happening as a, as a possibility, but again, excited that all of that, that content came up. But I think for me, one of the most surprising comments in that conversation came from Ahsoka talking about, well, you know, if, if, you know, Sabine doesn't become a Jedi, that, that, that's okay. Yeah. I just really want her to become the best version of herself. Did that comment surprise anybody, um, given that, you know, she's taken on, you know, Sabine and is training her to be a Jedi? I mean, uh, Bill, what do you what do you think or what what do you think Ahsoka meant by that comment? I think it's all new school hippy dippy parenting, man. It's like we don't we don't we're not trying to bust our kids ass to be what we were. We're just just be happy. (laughs) Uh, But Sabine, isn't she not a full fledged Jedi? Didn't she leave? No. So she, she never the only so, training she had prior to Ahsoka and, and Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong, was her moment training using the dark saber with Kanan. No, no I, I think talk- you're correct there. I think that's right. No, I meant Ahsoka herself. She's she's oh, yes. not a full she's she didn't she didn't get her diploma. She oh, yeah, she, she, she was a few short. She's she prepared short. Or watched so, the graduation line. So that's that's a yeah, I, there is a funny story about like I will withhold names a prominent political reporter i know uh said he um he never graduated college but what he did uh, lied on his resume saying but he attended graduation no, <laughs> no one picked up <laughs> and i was like what a dick uh but it's not someone who's a friend of mine so uh i don't like but uh i i just look at this and i say like the ahsoka character is a little like i feel like it's i mean maybe i'm wrong but it's like, I feel like she's way more, and someone, I, I saw Twitter talk about this. It was like, she's a little more dour. She's a little more, like, kind of rigid. Where we saw her before, much more talkative, much more effusive, much more personality here. And I feel like she's trying to put on, it's this weird, like, conflict, I think, within her. It was just like, well, I want to be like, I mean, she's running Obi-Wan playbook. 101 how many friggin' times are we gonna see someone put a helmet on where they can't see what what's the cottage industry in star wars of helmets you can't see things through 
Why? That's what I want to know. You have these helmets with these, but well, you can't see anything. Why? Is it just for trading? I don't know. Who's to say? Uh, but she's doing that. And yet she has that line. I think it's the inner conflict within her because she is not the full-fledged Gata Diploma Jedi. She's kind of this new age, you know, samurai who's just kind of this Ronin who is never committed to one house. She wanders the land herself and she makes her own rules. And she observes the observes the force, but and honors the force, but in a way that is not as strict as an Obi Wan or as a Luke. So it's all different. So I think the way she's doing it is she wants to use the force, like I think. Oh, oh gosh, why am I saying this? But she wants to use the force like some people use religion. It's just like, well, maybe you don't get all the the tenets of it and you don't know like if you're catholic like me just like you don't get all the sacraments and maybe you don't go to church all the time but if you're a good person that's what counts and we use it as like this moral compass and she's able to use the force for structure and discipline and like other things maybe she doesn't get it but she'll be the best person she can that's kind of what i think she wants from it and again that's kind of a narrative pushing forward with the force it's like it's not just this religion cult you know type deal it's it's actually a way of life live your by a code and it'll help you like i was saying amanda like with religion it's just like uh maybe you take you take the cliff notes of it and you apply it to your life like maybe you don't go to church every sunday but you know hey i should be a good person treat your neighbor right something i think a lot of people forget these days and it's just like and that's what she wants because Sabine is rudderless, much like she is, much like Ahsoka is. And the one thing that's grounded her throughout her life has been the Force. I mean, that's a valid point. I mean, both of uh, you know, both of them have that in common. Being rudderless, they've lost people that they've loved, you know. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people, Bill, you bring up a good point about Twitter talking about, and Amanda, I know you've seen it, I've seen it. And people talking about how different Ahsoka's personality is. I think one of the, the comments that I was seeing a lot of was, oh, it was nice to see Ahsoka warm up a little bit. But I, I think people forget, too, she's been through a crazy amount of trauma. And that changes people. You know, it's like you find out your master, <laughs> someone you loved and you had to fight, which is one of the best things on Rebels. Um, you know, you had to fight. You know, you to see that person that you knew that you cared about who's also pretty much a mass murderer at this point. <laughs> so, you know, kind of this, uh, just, just wiped out everybody's completely different, you know, experience there. And, and, you know, then to be kicked out of the Jedi order, the people that you trusted, um, they didn't have your back. And, you know, then to, to hear what other people were saying, you know, about the Jedi, that the Jedi weren't there for people, that it, it, the Jedi were out of touch um, and trying to reconcile all of that. I think, I think all of that, changes that personality i mean i think she was starting to get more reserved in rebels we just didn't see it um she she disappeared after until you know we know with ezra the world beyond worlds brought bringing her back but we didn't see that change but it's possible that after all of that you know again she was pulled out she nearly died <laughs> that that does something to people so i can kind of see why she's reserved and and quiet um, you know, it's a defense mechanism, a protection, you know, it's a way of coping. So that's a, it's very, very. Um... It's also Amanda, as you know, Amanda senior, I should say, when you become a parent slash teacher, you're a lot different 
and you act a lot different than yeah. you know when you weren't you know or sometimes for me just act the same way uh but it's just <laughs> like you, you don't act the same you you become you have to put on you have to be more serious right you can't yeah so i could see that too and you gotta you gotta be more serious to give structure you know to you recognize somebody being rudderless and they need that structure and so um you know it it was surprising in a way but then I think it, it wasn't because it's, well, I don't think she, I think if a Sabine is trained or is taught to be the best version of herself, that she would be a better Jedi for it. Um, and I think that was Ahsoka's point was, you know, it it's not, um, you can learn to go through the mechanics, you know, the code, the Jedi code, if you will. But what good does it do you, like you said, Bo, if you're not a good person or you don't, um, you know, you're not the best version of yourself because, you know, that, that is part of it in a way of being a Jedi. You have to be, um, you have to be the best that you can be because not everybody's accepted. Um, and so it, it was surprising to me, but it wasn't, it wasn't so surprising because in a way those concepts, some of the best Jedi were the best versions of themselves. And even if though Ahsoka never quite walked the stage, you know, she was the best version of herself. And that's what makes her, I think, a character that we all know and love and can relate to. But what do you think, Amanda? Any thoughts there on that comment? Oh, I completely agree with, like, what's been said already, because, like, her saying that, I think it's because she knew she became the best version of herself when she walked away from the Jedi Order and took the Force into her own way and, like, found her own path and everything, and so I think her trying to, like, help Sabine and make sure that Sabine doesn't feel like she's forced to follow the certain way that's been proven to not completely work all the way through would actually help Sabine more than if Ahsoka followed the protocol of like the Jedi training and everything. So I think her saying that would just help Sabine overall. Um, I do think it wasn't 100% shocking. I just don't think I like completely would see it coming, but I'm glad they had it written out like that and everything. But also then to tie back to how in that episode to go with that whole saying and everything how it is like the lighter version of Ahsoka back the one we've all missed and loved from like Clone Wars it's definitely hard because a lot of people do like you said Amanda they forget how she's oh in Rebels yes she was more serious and everything people probably just didn't pick up on it as much but then they have to realize oh yeah she did fight Anakin without realizing that it was probably him at first I feel like she probably didn't know he was Darth Vader at first until then hearing him call her name and everything from that fight, like you said, best thing to ever happen. But <laughs> I think a lot of people forget how much trauma she's actually gone through, and that's why she's so serious now. Because, yeah, having her in Mando and now having her own show, Ahsoka and everything, being super serious, I think I definitely miss the older version of her where there was, like, a few jokes here and there, more of, like, a lighter sense of like someone who used the force and everything but we have to realize how much she's grown how much she's gone through and everything but i think her training sabine is the reason why we're bringing back that lighter side of her because she wants to not basically make sabine's training this like depression show and everything she wants to try and make it more upbeat make it more like relatable to Sabine I would say so I think that's another reason we're seeing like that lighter side come back and hopefully stay I would say yeah yeah I mean that's a 
that that dialogue that exchange between them it felt very much like classic rebels you know with them all the fight the you know the, the flying scene and the kind of oh, the, yeah. oh it was great that was great that was ah that was a the piece of resistance for me i was like this this just brings it home but let's talk about some politics here guys <laughs> how, about that, how about that uh i know our favorite everyone's favorite thing to talk about you know what even as fantasy kind of politics yeah you know, oh. you know. Those are crazy, those crazy senators, those elected officials. <laughs> so uh, fun fact, did anybody catch that the our grumpy senator, and I'm going to say it wrong, Zino, Ziano? Um, anybody catch that that was Kaz, uh, the lead character for uh, Star Wars Resistance, so that was his dad? Kaz Zino? Oh, yeah. I didn't know. That was his dad. Yeah. That was his dad. So I didn't watch Resistance too, too much. I couldn't get into it as like I did are are you know clone wars and rebels but i did watch some of it and i was like huh okay that kind of explains things a little uh, your dad's like that huh sorry um <laughs> um but you know i think hera did a good job covering you know kind of trying to explain what was going on what was happening and then here comes the ezra bridger comment that she was wanting resources for her personal gain, and that's when we see hera go uh um no <laughs> like she just she loses her cool here I mean, you guys put yourself in Harris shoes. Would you would you have handled you know the situation the way she did, or would you have lost your cool too, Amanda? What 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 would you have done if you were Harris at that point? Oh, I totally would have lost my cool. Like everything would have gone. I know. I feel that. like you're like very calm. I know. <laughs> I appreciate that. I try to be. I try. I always feel like calm is the better way to go. But just like everything that Harris gone through. And then having that comment on top of that to bring it all back, I feel like the way she handled it was, I want to say professional, but like 10 times more professional than an actual professional word definition. Um, <laughs> I think she handled it really well. It's just knowing like everything she's gone through, knowing that the, we know that the threat is real and everything. Having the way she reacted, I think, was extremely calm compared to the way she could have handled it. But she's also now the big politician, you could say. And so she now knows, like, how to play it, how to try and draw it in her favor. So obviously her not exploding was for the better. But I definitely don't think I would have handled it as gracefully as she did. She had that good clap back, though, with the, have you seen more? <laughs> I was like, ooh, okay. I was like, yes. Bill, what like, did you think? Did you participate oh, yeah. or no? Just wait around. <laughs> oh, man. Amanda, you've been around me for over a year. You know how I would have reacted. It would have been a lot of swearing. But I, I'm gonna, I'm just going to open the kitchen drawer over here, even though I'm not even near a kitchen, and just take out some aluminum foil real quick. Okay. Because we got Mon Matha here. <laughs> we know from Andor she plays by nobody's rules but her own so you know she's gonna get a little there's gonna be a sidebar here with her and Hera, and she's like listen i believe you you need to get this oh, motherfucker yeah. we're gonna take the yeah. son of a bitch out <laughs> take you and five of your best go like that's and that's the other thing i was surprised Hera wasn't like listen i'm just playing cleanup duty right now i'll just go and look yeah. like give me like a, give me three three guys and i'll we'll go check it out if i'm wrong i'm wrong you know that's probably I would have said, well, okay, don't give me a fleet. Give me a ship with some guns. I'll take this 
war criminal robot I have. And like it, which is the greatest thing I find out. Just like how Chopper is like, everyone's like, he's a fucking murderer in a war. He is. He's got the, he's got the highest count, death count. In Good. Rebels, and he's great. I love Chopper. I, yeah, and it's does like he really have the highest. Bench? He does. So oh, that's amazing. That's so great. I wonder. Remember how I said last week? I was like, "Hey, what about that big purple guy that we saw in Mando?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, Deb. that's yeah, oh, zippity doo yeah. whatever is is." I know it was Z. <laughs> like, so what's going to happen is I wouldn't shock me if she's like, listen, off the books, go take some dudes, go find out. And she calls up her buddy Zeb, who's a space, who's a space cop, and be like, I need you to come with me. You get the gang back together. And I think that's what could happen here because Mom Mothma, obviously, we saw her so brilliantly in Andor. And I love the fact that she is the tie between everything. Yes. She's awesome and so i think that's what's going to happen here i think she's going to be like go go take her a throw get some people and kill this motherfucker like because that's what i would do <laughs> i'd be like we need to kill this guy because if he's for real we're we're yeah, if not i'd just say you went on vacation or something like that you know yeah well you know what i love about mon mothma here is that she didn't have she hasn't lines. aged she's not but she also (laughs) but she also she doesn't have many lines but her facials told everything you could just see it in her eyes what she was thinking like you could tell she definitely i think she believed hera but it's like you know i have to kind of just like you saw in andor just you have to play both sides of the coin you know um brilliant brilliant that nuance was just gold Mm. oh my gosh um stole the scene with that whole it's it's hard to go up against you know Mary Elizabeth Winstead, her brilliant performance as Hera, but that that moment was was great. Um, I'm curious. So, Bill, I was thinking along the same lines you were about, you know, I definitely agree that I think Mom Mothma is going to send, and I don't blame Hera. I'd be upset too. I'm like, here I am, one, telling you guys this is legit. And I feel like there's a little bit of you're you're questioning me here after everything I've done. Like, yeah. you know, I, I just told you what's happening here. And then you just say that it's because of my personal reasons. But that plays into, but so that plays into Mando. We yeah. saw so much of that political inaction. Remember, we had Tim Meadows, right? Yeah. Right and it was just yeah. like, and how your your friend who came on, who was who was just like, ah, if that was me, and that person came in, I swear to God, and like he was all <laughs> pissed about that. But that's like, it's like this: the the Empire is on right. every level, and how inept the new republic is and that yes. was once again brought up by these set and so th- we're really building towards the the first order i was gonna say the new world order i know and i was like <laughs> that's wrestling stop there it, it throw it up or <laughs> where i just would have said new order and then we're all just all goth again happy halloween everybody but it's just like yeah so i think this is just solidifying that and also one of those people is definitely a traitor one of those senators total shithead total traitor total and it's not the guy who didn't serve because that's too easy yeah yeah it's It's one of the uh, two on the left it's one of the two on the left it's gotta be the quiet ones it's one of the it's always the quiet ones always watch out for the quiet quiet ones yeah I just, uh, but I don't I don't blame Hera at all for getting getting heated you know again I, I love the passive like she went the passive aggressive route and it was rightfully so that comment was just gold and just her expression she kept her cool which i she lost it but at the same time she held it together really well because if it were me somebody would have been shanked via hog somehow i would have made it happen via hologram 
you know, Chopper would have, I would have just sent Chopper over there, you know, straight up. Just send Chopper. <laughs> just send Chopper over there. Chopper, go take care of some people. You know, he would Tell do him it. Tell him to do his thing. <laughs> exactly. Our war criminal friend here. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I agree with you, Bill. I think that uh, Hera is still somehow, whether I think it's going to definitely be with Mom Mothma's blessing, is going to get out there at some point. You know, Zeb, of course, is the obvious choice to go out there since he's kind of already out for the New Republic. But the other person we haven't seen yet that I am waiting for another, like a more strong live action debut is Captain Rex. He has been not, talking about that for a while. Yes. He has not shown up other than, I think, you know, the one time <laughs> in Mando, people were saying that that was, oh, I'm sorry, Kenobi, that that Kenobi. was him. Um, that that was him begging for for change on the uh, the sidewalk here. But I mean, Rex is a big part of the team, and that was my other question. Was and I, from what I understand, I'm I'm trying to. I mean, clones obviously their their mechanics are you know their their biology is a little different. You know, you have clone technology here clearly altered. Um, but you know, I, I mean, he was at Endor, and I want to say I think he was from what I can remember on the ghost as well for rise of skywalker i think from what i had seen or heard so my question is where is rex is he alive at this point do we think you know so i'm wondering if rex is going to show up and go um because it seems like something you would send crazy clones to do you remember that whole arc amanda and rebels with our, our lovely clones. Oh, yeah when they're in the sand and every, yeah mm -hmm. yeah so that's a possibility too i think i think it's either going to be zeb or rex that goes back out there because he's due for a debut and Tamora Morrison is listed in the credits too, or at least on some of the IMDb stuff for, but you never know, see internet. Um, <laughs> but he's listed as Rex. So it's gotta happen. It's gotta happen at some point, but another character, again, we've, we've talked about, we, we see the live action debut guys of Jason Sindela. And for those who do not know who Jason is, he is the son of Hera and the late great Kanan Jarrus. Jedi Knight, or Caleb Doom, as some may call him as well by his proper name. Um, so, you know, so of course, kind of the, the the feedback that I've been hearing about his debut, obviously people are excited, but people were like, why wasn't Kanan mentioned? It was like, here he is, and you have this moment where he asks, like, I want to, just says, I want to be a Jedi. Chopper says, Sabine, Aunt Sabine's training, how about me? Kanan wasn't mentioned. I mean, do you, do you guys think that you know, Kanan should have been brought up instead of kind of politely brushed aside or, um, you know, was this handled, was this handled fine? And do you think that we're going to see more of Jason here in this series? Or do you think he's going to just come out a little bit, was just more of a teaser for us? Um, what do you think, Amanda? I think that it was handled well, because as much as like the fans, I feel like would have loved the name drop, I think we have to then realize and put ourselves in their shoes and in that time period how long it's been since his death and how much time has passed. And so they're probably trying to put their minds towards something else and not keep thinking about how he's no longer with them. So I think they're trying to put their efforts more towards stopping Thrawn, more towards keeping the New Republic strong. So I think not mentioning his name worked out as much as I would have loved the name drop I think not having it was completely okay but it still would have been great to hear it but I don't think that changed like my perspective or like attitude towards like them at all but I also think we will see um 
him again. We'll, we'll see her kid again. I just because I think he'll want to try and wiggle his way into helping his mom Hera to stop yep. Thrawn, to insert himself into that situation. And so I definitely think we'll see him again. I don't think it was like a tiny cameo or anything. I think we'll definitely have him come back for more screen time. At least I hope so. I would love for him to grow up and resemble like his dad and resemble Kanan. But I don't think we really needed that name drop, honestly. But I definitely think we'll try inserting his way into this plot and making sure he's trying to stop the bad guys what do you think though i like as soon as she said that to two parents on the podcast like yep kid's gonna try and (laughs) yeah that's what kids do um i so here's the one thing that i hate so i hate when people have to they're like why you just brought up a name and i got and it's just like guys the internet exists what i did was i paused as soon as i saw the kid i'm like wait a second could that be did she have a kid with Kanan? And then I looked it up, and I was like, yes. I'm like, oh, interesting. All right, cool. I'm going to go back to the show. It took me two seconds. It was really easy. So, oh, again, yeah. tinfoil. Could <laughs> he be part of the skeleton crew? Isn't that supposed to be a Goonies, Stranger Things, Ooh, Star Wars thing? Good one. So why not bring him up? Okay. And obviously, and then he's going to be with this you know, merry band of misfits. And then isn't Jude Law's character supposed yeah. to be a Jedi of some sort? He is. So there you go. I'm not saying you're going to see Jude Law in this episode, but I'm saying like that kid could be the bridge there. If everything is tied together in this Filoni verse, that's the way to do it. I have no idea if he is or isn't, but that would be interesting. But at base level, he's going to sneak onto the ship his mom's going on. For sure. Yeah, for sure. He's got mischief written all over him with both of his parents. (laughs) Like like Omega from... Yes. Oh my God. Oh. Omega Wrecker. Wrecker. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like we're going to, of course, I think Jason for sure, we're going to get a little bit more of him. Are we going to get a lot of him? Probably not like a crazy amount where he's going to take over the show. But I, I feel like, you know, again, as a, as any parent that has a mischievous, you know, has, especially with a boy, like I look at mine back here and I'm like, oh yeah, you totally would sneak on the ship, especially with Chopper. Chopper's totally going to help him out. And y'all know that. Chopper's a bad influence. <laughs> Chopper's a bad influence. He's like the best, but yet the worst influence at he's the like same a, time. He's like a drunk R2-D2. Exactly. He's like drunk uncle. He's drunk uncle, he's, he's drunk, drunk uncle. He's drunk uncle R2-D2. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, he already spilled the beans about Sabine's training. So, um, and we know again that Jason grows up to be this fantastic pilot you know, for, for the resistance because of his mom and, you know, with the abilities that his dad has or had. And so I was actually okay with Kanan not being mentioned by name. Would it have been nice to have been like, oh, something like, just like your dad, some kind of little, that would have been nice. But I also feel like I'm glad because some of the, some of the other buzz that I've been seeing on the internet was, are we going to get a live version of Kanan? We should get a live version of Kanan. I'm like, "Ah." especially after watching Jedi Knight, that whole episode, I feel like, unless it's a Force Ghost version of Kanan, I don't know if I want to see Freddie Prince as a Force Kanan either. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure, um, but I think unless it's a Force Ghost, if you bring back, bring him back from the dead, it's going to negate how powerful his sacrifice was in that episode, and I don't think Filoni would do that. And so I think not fueling that flame. Um, 
helps <laughs> that like, well, not could be what about a flashback like it was like a real uh, real time and wouldn't it wouldn't would it, it pop, would, think, well wouldn't wouldn't it pop the crowd uh <laughs> if it was freddie prince jr oh it's got to be it's got to be freddie prince jr yeah. he's the voice of canaan they, they they couldn't they wouldn't i think it would i it almost would have to be freddie prince he's been bombarded with the question since and i think it is i feel like if he's trying to hide it <laughs> i think so but i don't know though i kind of like um you know they kind of de-aged hayden christensen with a bunch of makeup i don't know if freddie would look <laughs> they, they all, you have to, all you have to do is like touch up a little of gray on him He's, he doesn't look that old yeah he doesn't not look, me yeah. where you'd have to like really do a lot of work here you know yeah a I lot just hope... of die to get this gray frame back to you know, but you look good though you know there's no, just no, no, for no, gray there is there is just for gray there is just for gray there is just for gray so there you go there you go yeah. but um but yeah i'm i'm okay with the, you know i feel like it would be one of those surprises that even though we would still pop for it people talked about it so much on the internet already that i'm like okay it's almost kind of expected at this point um so i'm, I'm glad that they're not just throwing his name out there <laughs> just to kind of since it's already been out in the internet it's nice to still try to maintain some sense of surprise um but i, I feel like jason's going to show up and we're going to see him even tease his ability of, with the force i feel like he might encourage sabine uh to use the force a little bit oh. you know i mean um being able to wield it maybe may motivate sabine to try a little harder or you may see them kind of play off each other a little bit so you know he's calling her answer being to be curious to see what kind of relationship that they have i think he's going to be kind of this little fun unifying force um on the ship that would be that's that's how i envision him but that's a really great idea about skeleton crew though i did not think about that at all even Sometimes. if he makes a cameo even if he makes a cameo appearance like in an episode at some point of that they run into him that would be awesome i'd be here for it i would pop but like jason cindela that would be me <laughs> yeah. you know good tinfoil hat good tinfoil hat so but you guys we're diving into tinfoil hat here, but let's talk about the pergle really quick. How gorgeous were those pergle? I'm like oh, the amazing. detail on those pergle. Like I was just like I'm I'm here for it. This was this was much better than I expected. I'm like if we blew the budget on the pergle, I am happy with this because <laughs> they looked amazing. Um, so you know, Sabine makes a comment that the last time they saw the pergle was when Ezra disappeared. A little for me it was a little bit of foreshadowing but i'm curious do you guys think now that we've seen the purgle we're gonna get ezra here a lot sooner than we expect bill what do you think do you think we're gonna no. still kind of stick with your theory yeah i think it's gonna be a while i think we have a couple episodes before we get there um just because we have to get into the whole i think we have to have a whole thing about this ship and how that works so there's this whole thing then my whole wild theory about the dirt you know Hera's dirty dozen getting together her and glorious bastards crew I think we need stuff with that. And I think we have to keep going. There's going to be a hunt in the, that beautiful, like, red forest. Oh, oh yeah. God. This, the, the set work on this show is stupid good. Um, and I'm so glad we're, like, we've talked about this, man. I'm so glad we're, we're not going to Tatooine. We're not going to, like, oh, we've yeah. seen it. Like, this is gorgeous stuff here. Um, so uh, I think it's going to be a while before we see Ezra. But I think the Purgle stuff, I think, really besides seeing it added beautifully to that already awesome dogfight sequence which was a quarter of the episode it was excellent i loved everything about it again different different ships different sounds to the the lasers like 
all this stuff is different. It feels new. It feels fresh, but it feels lived in for Star Wars. And now we're like going in and out between whales. It great. It was just ten out of ten. No notes. Oh yeah, that was uh, Amanda. What do you what do you think? I'm still collecting my thoughts here. I'm still riding the pergo right now in my brain. Um, so Amanda, what do you think? Oh, I no, I'm agree. not chasing anything, Bill. Not not I'm not on a, I'm not posting on X right now. <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm reading I'm, I'm reading something right now. So sorry. So what do you think, Amanda? Yeah, I completely agree with Phil. I think it's going to be a hot minute until we see Ezra, because like he said, we still have that chase scene in the forest, and I feel like they're going to add a few more layers until we get there. I don't think we're going to see him, and I don't think we're going to see Thrawn, because as we know, the trailer showed him in there. I don't think we're going to see either of them until like the very last episode. Maybe if we're lucky, the second to last episode. But I just think we're not going to see them. And it's mainly going to focus on Ahsoka training Sabine to get there instead of us getting there and now what's next. So I think that's going to happen. And honestly, I hope that's how it does get played out because then it wouldn't feel rushed and it would feel like timely paced and everything, which would be great. But to tie back to the Purgles, that was just absolutely amazing. To actually see them, to actually get up close with them as well on top of that. Because we saw them live action in Mando, but we weren't really seeing them, I feel like, until now. And so I think that was great because you could see how it felt like they were working with Ahsoka and Sabine to escape um, from like the Inquisitor and from the one um, Padawan or Apprentice, I should say, not Padawan. Um, but I think they would be working with like Ahsoka to get there and everything. And like how you said, how it ties back to Rebels and how that was when the last time those characters saw the space um, whales. So I think they're going to use them to get there, but I still think it's going to be a long process until we actually get there. Yeah, I'm. I from what I yeah, understand, they're gonna have to do some Paul Atreides riding. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Amanda gets that reference. Amanda Junior gets the reference immediately. She's great. Ten out of ten. Good job. <laughs> Good stuff. I just, you know, I something big is supposed to happen in episode five. From what I'm oh, seeing that's online, the that's Filoni episode, the Filoni episode. So my oh, thought was, okay. if Ezra shows up, maybe that might be the earliest. But even then, I feel like. I, you know, I would be super concerned that it would be rushed because we've been looking for yeah. Ezra all this time for what, 10 years. And, you know, to have him show up in two episodes, it'd be a lot. It would be, it would be. What if it was Thrawn? Know. I think it's Thrawn. Who shows I, I could up. see that more. I could see that, that more so. And then I think at the end of the, the cliffhanger ending of this season, which I feel like it's going to be a cliffhanger, um, is going to be as something with Ezra at yeah. this point that's where i think it's going to go because you guys bring up excellent points about these different layers that need to be established and and the purgle i'm glad are getting their moment because we are diving into especially with the eye of scion here which you know cracks me up that they're using the eye of scion star scion knights of the old republic i was like thank you dave thank you for these <laughs> knights of the old republic video game references um but you know the the hyperspace rings and so i'm going to just dive right into the tinfoil hat territory, guys, because when I saw the Purgle, and then of course how massive the Eye of Scion really is, you know, the Purgle, um, 
you know, kind of we're diving, I feel like we're diving into High Republic territory here. I haven't finished reading all of the books in the series. I'm still making my way through them and they're very, very good. Um, but in the High Republic series, you run into a race of basically, I call them space alien pirates or space pirates called the Nile, who are attacking Republic ships as they're learning how to navigate hyperspace. And they used these rings to travel to different galaxies. And they did so by mimicking the Purgle migration patterns. So apparently the Purgle hyperspace is figured out and is mapped based on the Purgle migration rates. So I feel like that's been tossed out there in terms of hyperspace travel, Purgle's importance. So I feel like that still has to be built on, even though I don't think we're going to get a full flushed explanation. But, you know, I, I my tinfoil hat is I think we're going to get some variation of these Nile space pirates or these Nile aliens who knew how to travel in and out of hyperspace and attack the Republic. The Republic mirrored, you know, kind of their their use of, of hyperspace based on what the Nile did. And Morgan talks about this ancient alien race in the in the premiere episodes. So I'm like, are we going to get some variation of the Nile? Are we tying back to the canon or the next part of, of the High Republic series here? Um, yeah, so I've, I've got all kinds of questions, all kinds of questions there. Um, and then, of course, you know, we have all these Knights of the Old Republic references and now High Republic references. You know, again, Eye of Scion, the, the droids, the assassin droids are from the game or some variation of the droids from the game. Star maps are from the game. Um, is Dave just throwing these Easter eggs out there to you guys? Or, or just, do you think like there's a there's a purpose behind all of this? There's a lot of them. Um, what do you think, Bill? I think it's if, I think some of them are. I think it's if it's it's if if you know you know type deal. Because I think if you're gonna, st- I think these things are all there just in case they ever want to go there. And I think there's certain ones they are gonna play on. So I think it's a fifty fifty thing. That's just my gut. Um, because you can't like man, there's so much you're throwing out there. It's just like holy shit. Like you just can't. And, and I, I harken back to House of the Dragon. Like how many references were made towards older kings, the old gods, and this, and this, and this, and this. Well, Game of Thrones did spawn House of the Dragon. We got some of that, but we're not going to keep going further, further, further back, I think. I think it's going to be used for background, and but some things I think you're going to see tie into Thrawn and and how you know how he's going to get back, I think, is tied into space witchcraft and science. And that's always been Star Wars. It's always been you know, religion and science and magic, you know, and I think that's what we're going to get again. Like, as like, we don't have the Sith, we have the witch, like, you know, it's the season of the witch. It's like Halloween three. So uh, <laughs> it's like, that, that one's for all my horror fans out there. Uh, only Ben Merkerson pop for that one. Uh, so it's just like, I think that's what it's going to, so some of it will come to play, but other things are just like this little thing, just for the, just for the fans showing that's just like, Hey, this is a bigger universe and we can, we consider all this canon. Okay. Okay. Amanda, what do you think? Oh, I completely agree for the most part. I feel like all of it's probably there on purpose compared to most of it. I feel like they have at least a hundred people working on this dedicated to throwing in Easter eggs to making sure everything matches the other aspects of the Star Wars universe. So I feel like, or maybe not a hundred percent, but I'd say at least 95% of all of it is there on purpose just to try and get like a window and to see if they want to like branch off onto another show or branch off onto another movie or just branch off into another wavelength that they think fans might be drawn to. So I think 
it's all there on purpose and I'm here for it. I love it. I love all the little Easter eggs. Some of it I don't catch until I'm like reading about it, pulling up some articles online, trying to see what they've been throwing in there because it's just so much to actually like digest and understand. But I think it's all amazing. It's all coming together so well. And having like all those tie-ins to different things, I think is just what makes this so great. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's good conversation it's good conversation topics because like right off the bat when Brandon and I were watching, you know, last night, he, right off the bat, he recognized, um, uh, hey, I'm going to say her last name because I can't remember her first name at the moment, but Haiti, the apprentice's headset. He was like, that's a Clone Wars headset. That was Anakin's headset or like looks like Anakin's headset. Like, I think just those little Easter eggs get people talking. So that, that makes things interesting for sure. But I agree with you, Amanda. I feel like these are here for a reason. Yeah. Um, and Filoni is a big fan of Knights of the Old Republic. I'm like, please, 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 if you want to make something about Knights of the Old Republic, just make it happen because those scenes would be great. <laughs> you know what also? You know what also gives it? It gives it a sense of authenticity. Of this doesn't feel like a cash grab, right. like oh, maybe yeah. some of the other shows have. Like Book of Boba Fett. Like I remember, I was like, it's Space Sopranos. It's going to be great. Yeah. Guess what I got? Not that. Well, like, even Kenobi. You can even make the case for Kenobi. It's, yeah. Here's this vehicle to just throw these two, who are great, by the way. Again, no no disrespect to Hayden or Ewan. No, they were great, but it's they like were the, great. But the, 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 the vehicle they were in was just kind of like, well, we're just here to see them fight. And like, or it's too on the nose. He's like, oh, hey, here's that character. Get it? It's just like, it feels like this is a world. It's a lived-in world. So yeah, there's going to be stuff from the, like, the Clone Wars that's going to be used and like different things here and there that are remaindered because that's what they can scrap together. And I think that that's good. And they're playing on the history because this, this happened in this world, this universe. So it's like they're paying it off. And I think that makes us, I mean, I don't get it like you guys get it, but when you hear all this, I buy it. Like, I'm like, Oh, this is, these are things that are not made up. These have ties in it and it shows people care. And so all, all the marks they get, they, they pop for it. They're like, yes, we got it. But that makes it feel more authentic. And that's why this show probably, you know, if you believe the numbers was streamed for, you know, 14 million times, you know what I mean? Or 14 million hours of streaming for this because people are like, oh, this is a good show, but it also plays into all the stuff I love. Yeah. I mean, it it's, oh my gosh, there's so much good stuff here. And I feel like, yeah, it does give an opportunity if Dave, because Dave's wanted to bring some of the more Legends content in um, and wants to make, you know, something with Knights of the Little Republic happen. I'm hoping that it does. But I also feel like maybe because the Acolyte and, I, you know, Alex Marcus and I were talking earlier, our podcast director, he doesn't necessarily agree with me, but I feel like, you know, the Acolyte is, it's it's in that sweet spot between High Republic transition from old republic to high republic and then a little bit into kind of the current you know it's kind of in that nice little pocket there and i'm just wondering if some of these references are happening because we are going to be maybe seeing some of that referenced in the acolyte or um or even you know i know this is kind of way before but you got J J mangold's movie still out there as well you know i think i think we're gonna you know maybe this is just alex should know better alex should know better not to trifle with you when it comes to star wars yeah, we had a very good discussion, even about the Jedi and technological progress, you know, with the whole Star Wars, Star Wars storyline. But 
Anyway, I digress. Um, great discussion. We had it. Yeah, we nerd. We had, like you said, the marks. My my my, my conversation with him was like, "Yo, this episode." He's like, "This thing is fucking dope," and I'm just like, "Wow, that's <laughs> I've never heard you talk like that ever." And like, yeah, so it's like that's that's our that's our. We we were breaking down the whole um, why technology progressed so slowly over the four thousand year period. Don't let him up here, buddy. Don't let him up here. Sammy almost dived up here. That's why the table shook. And I was like, eh, he's not going to quite make it. And he didn't. Um, <laughs> but um, I know. He flew, though. He tried. He almost did. Um, he's just a little little chunky. A little chunky. He can't quite. Can't quite flew. Um, but yeah, we were talking about how technology moves slowly during this kind of 4,000 year period and the Jedi were a big reason why. But um, anyway, it was a, that's, that's what, that's what the great thing about Star Wars is though, you know, it's, it's, if you're a casual, if you're new to it or a casual fan, you have something to talk about. The hardcore nerds, we have something to talk about. Um, <laughs> and, and it's just, that's why Star Wars is great and awesome. And I just, I'm ready to don some more tinfoil hats guys. Like, I don't know who Merrick is now because my whole thing was, I think he was, I thought he was going to be Ezra and I'm still thinking maybe Starkiller at this point, but he didn't recognize any of the Purgle or didn't communicate with them or there was no reaction. So I'm like, well, there goes that theory. Do you, do you guys have any theories about who this Inquisitor is? Do we think he's still Starkiller or like what's, who's under the mask? Who's under the mask? What do you think, Amanda? Who's under the mask? I think it's a good chance it's Starkiller, but... I think it's a new version and a different like variant you could say because the video game with like Star Killer and everything's it's not canon. It's not part of this this Star Wars universe, I believe. Um, <laughs> so I think it could still be Star Killer and everything, but I think it would be like Filoni's version to fit him in this storyline to fit him in, in this plot and everything with like Ahsoka and how like this new Inquisitor like plays out and everything. I know I've heard theories how it could be Ezra. I don't believe that for a second. I think that's just people like drawing at straws trying to get clicks or views or whatever on social media. There's I think Ezra's withdrawn in the other galaxy wherever they are but i just think it could be star killer honestly though if it's not i think it'd be great to have this brand new inquisitor that no one knows anything about and we just have this like person who's here for evil because i always feel like you don't always need a backstory for someone who's evil they could just be evil and that's great and i think we lack that a lot in like recent movies and shows and everything so I think that would also be a great like aspect of this new inquisitor because I think if it is just a completely new person who's just here to try and like destroy things and try and like ruin things and everything I think that'd be great honestly and we don't need this long backstory we don't really need any of that I feel like so what other tin what tinfoil Put on your tinfoil hat here too. What, what kind of theories do you have for us going forward in the season? What do you, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, that's hard because as much as I think that they're going to find Ezra, I think that's going to be very far away. I think they're just going to unravel a lot more than they're expecting on this journey of Soka and Sabine, I mean. So I think a lot's going to be unraveled. And I do think we're going to have an intense duel between Ahsoka with Sabine against the Inquisitor 
in one of those dark side um, Jedi's. Um, I think that's going to happen with like if it's the three against two or if there's somehow two against two. I think that's going to happen in either the next episode when they're hunting Ahsoka and Sabine down or the episode after that. I just I'm looking forward to a big fight. That's a huge thing I want coming out of this show. I think that's a huge thing I want out of almost every single Star Wars show, though, to be honest. So I think we're definitely <laughs> going to get that. <laughs> I think I think we just want to see Qui-Gon more upset at people surviving lightsaber stabs. That's really Oh, my God. Yeah. Did How y'all see that? Did y'all to survive? Like, there's he's a, the only oh God, person who can't. Did y'all see that deep fake? There's a deep fake account. Where it's Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Hayden Christensen, or uh, oh, and Anakin. they react, and they Anakin, react, right? and they have yeah. Qui Gon reacting, and it cracked me up because he's just like, like, oh, she can't survive that. It, it hit her in two seconds. That, that hit her it's vital. Crazy. That hit her vital organs. No, I think it's just you can live without your gallbladder. No, it hit her in her vital organs. <laughs> I mean, for Christ's sake, Dolph Mar, he survived being cut in half. This like, I'm sorry, what? Qui Gon, he can't. Well, ah, a little stab wound. Like, oh man. Poor Qui Gon. It's crazy. Poor, poor Qui Gon. I, so I just don't like, think I'm I too old for this. He's out. He can't. He's just like, he's people. like, I'm, I'm, I'm done, guys. I'm done. Yeah, I put, I put my time. Calling quits. Yeah. I put so... my time, effort in. I'm out. Retirement. <laughs> it's like peace. I'm good. I did my thing. <laughs> I did my thing. You're not paying me enough, so. Uh, so, Bill, who do you think is under the mask? And also, your tinfoil hat theories about where we're going the rest of the season. Well, the tinfoils I've given away. Like, uh, you know, I, I do think we're going to have Bon Mathos and Hera on the side quest. Right. You're going to get oh, some yeah. of the characters back with her. Um, I think it's Mace Windu. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Darth Maul got survived getting cut in half. I mean, it's the, it's, there you go. It's Why a not? possibility. Um. <laughs> I don't know who Starkiller is, so like every, I've heard this name. It's like it's Starkiller, and I'm like, what the fuck is Starkiller? Like, so it's... he's the so he's a, a foundling that you know Darth Vader picks up. He was training to be a Jedi. Um, that after Darth Vader knocks out everybody in the village, you know he he takes him as his apprentice and is training him because the plan is for Vader to overthrow the Emperor. That way, he mm -hmm. becomes takes the Emperor's place, and uh, Galen Mark takes his takes the the, the secondary spot. Right. Um, so he's training. So he's basically uh, originally training to be a, a, a Sith oh. apprentice, but then all of a sudden, you know, meets a female character and decides to turn to the forces of good. And and What's uh, the, is the female character one in this show? No, all it's right. completely so separate. Outside I think it's, of, yeah, it's going to be hard to add a character like that because you're like, OK, out of left field, we now have finite amount of episodes. We're now going to introduce this character. And I feel like if it's a reveal, people have to be like, oh, it's this person. Because, and I think it's just like, oh, it's Starkiller. Who, who are you? And he's, you know, and then you have to have him cut a promo. He's like, oh, I'm Starkiller. This is who I am. And I think going back to Amanda's original, Amanda Jr.'s original point is like, this is a very tight story. And now you're going to add that whole loop there. I don't know. You know, I don't really know. Yeah, the, the hard part is, too, I think, with Starkiller, because his story is already played out in the video games, that where in the story are you catching him? Because he's turned, you know, he's turned from being dark side to the to the good. And, of course, here, it's almost like you'd have to retcon um, some of that. So I'm just wondering if, if I mean, I'm sure Sam Whitmer is doing some of the voice work, period. Yes. But, I mean, I don't know if it's I, for America or who, but I don't, they didn't. I, 
I think it's like, I mean, is there any other characters from Rebels that you're like, ooh, where's this cat? Or could be? Because we have that, or Callus? But no, maybe? No, I don't think it would be I don't be think it'd be Agent Callus. Honestly. No. Because Callus is the only other one that's missing, and he's was I thought was Zeb, but... Uh, yeah, and he's he an older guy anyway. Yeah. Well, Ish, I mean, I want to say he's probably like in his maybe like late 20s early 30s when oh, that okay. went down for so, i mean it could be really could be you know so it, it has to be someone they know it can't be someone like because that's when you get you're trying to be too cute it's like oh here's the kid from shameless who's in the most recent video game he's in here and then it's like oh that's like really shitty marketing that you're just trying to push a video game now it's just like and i, I think that would feel disingenuous so i think they have to like yeah. Well, and people also forget Sam Witwer has already cameoed. He's had secret cameos and hidden cameos in other recent Star Wars projects. Like he was the one in Andor. He was a, the the um, uh, stormtrooper that you know was giving him a hard time on the on Andor on the beach. The one that ultimately had him arrested. So that was Sam Witwer underneath. Yeah. So I mean, he's shown up before. I, I I don't hate the you know oh this is just a dude who's malevolent. And he's just, uh, you know, the second or third baddie, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. And I don't mind that. Yeah, yeah. So more to come on, on Merrick, but uh, so my tin four hoppers. No, it's too much sugar. Thank you. Um, sorry, kiddo needed, of course, wants more sugar <laughs> as he's bouncing around behind me. Um, so my tin four hat theories. I think we're definitely going to dive into more of the Urgul slash. You know, hyperspace. In a minute. In a minute. Thank you. Um, so yeah, definitely. I think we're going to dive into the hyperspace. You know, the the travel bit of it more. Um, you know, I think, I think that's been mentioned for a reason for sure. I think we're going to get a very quick, uh, quick study on it because to get Thrawn back, obviously, you have to got to have some background on it to get to get going to go get him. Um, but I think that door has been opened and that's going to be explored going forward. Uh, definitely going to find out who Merrick is, and I feel like it's going to be somebody with a an emotional impact. It has to be because his face is covered. It's got to be some kind of you know reveal where people are going to be like, "What?" It, it it's held for a reason. So, um, so I think that's going to happen. I do think we're going to get some kind of Force Ghost Kanan because everyone is kind of clamoring for it, and Freddie Prince has been really. I sometimes I feel like the more people push and say no, it's not going to happen. It might happen. Um, we still have Hayden Christensen as well. We have we've seen we've seen some clips in the trailers, even though I think some, I think they may have used like older content from Kenobi or whatnot. But Hayden Christensen filmed voice work, so we know Hayden is still there. So we may get some variation of Anakin um, at some point as well, maybe like a flashback or something. But I think it's going to be a new flashback. I feel like they're hopefully they're not going to totally retread um, what's been done before, but. Um, but definitely, I think we're going to get Anakin, Anakin for sure. Um, and I'm trying to think if there were any other sinful hat theories. I mean, I still think, um, you know, we're going to get a little bit more on Dathomir. I mean, obviously it was thrown out there in the first two episodes. I don't think they would just drop it without, uh, you know, without an explanation. So I think, I think we're going to get a little bit more of the Night Sister lore going forward, but yeah, there's just, there's so much here guys. And it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Um, but let's move into our awards segment because we can't go without having awards because there's a lot of good stuff here. So 
Um, so Amanda, what gets your Chopper Happy Dance Award for your favorite moment of the episode or Easter egg? So so Chopper waving his arms around, wah, 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 you know, Happy Chopper. What gets that award for you? Oh, that's hard. It's hard because there's just so much in this episode that I loved. But I honestly think it would have been the end with the Fergals coming like in the episode and everything and them like shining through and tying to a greater picture that we're about to see i think that would probably be my chopper award but if you ask me like in an hour i'll probably say something different so it's it's a hard award to give <laughs> so bill what gets your chopper happy dance award oh ahsoka donning a spacesuit and and chopping <laughs> a, a fighter in half and just going out there is so awesome it's like because I've always thought that I'm like, wow, why isn't any? I mean, and because I don't think we've ever seen like a space suit in Star Wars, really, like no, like someone out really. in space. And I'm like, well, that's cool. And then just watching that whole thing because I love the whole dogfight. I love the ship. Yeah. I love everything about oh, that yeah. ship is amazing. And it's it's replaced the it's, it's the Falcon for for them. And I'm just yeah. like, I'm good with that. I'm really good with that. But I mean, that whole sequence, I'm just like, this is amazing. Like. It's so cool. And, and the two sabers is just always going to oh, yeah. make me. I'm always going to pop for that. So now I have to find yeah. that. I call it the Dragon Ball Z spacesuit because everyone's talking about how it looks like <laughs> it's straight out of Dragon Ball Z. And I'm oh, like, it I'm was Vegeta. All right. Oh, totally. I'm like, I'm I'm here for Vegeta. I'm like, I need to go find that suit now because I got to add that to my cosplays. Um, I always but... was a big Krillin guy. Well, I don't know what, about you, but uh, Vegeta all the way over here. <laughs> I always go for the bad guy, clearly. Um, that guy with a heart of gold, guys, when that happens sometimes. Like the uh, Fumio King. I know, I know. I have, I don't have a type, not at all. Um, <laughs> but um, for me, what gets my Chopper Happy Dance Award, it was tough because this episode was was great. But I just, I really loved that lightsaber training scene because of the whole Japanese fighting style. And just, and Chirrut Inway was one of my favorite characters in Rogue One. I still cry every time uh oh. his scene comes up every time every time but to me he reminds me a lot of sabine in a lot of ways because he just had heart and compassion and you never really got the sense that he was force sensitive but yet he could sense like he wasn't a force user but he could he worked with, with the force around him i think just starting to embody that concept and so um paying that that having those those little moments kind of connect in that training scene was great and you could see sabine had a lot of potential there um and it was starting to pick up and of course who yang with the general grievous kind of thing, <laughs> multiple <laughs> arms was great so um so that was one of my favorite moments of, of the episode because you just you could see that connection the relationships between all three at work um at work there so um so the next category is tough i always feel like it's tough with the show because it's such a good show but you know <laughs> I, I named this after Morgan and her grumpy stare into space here. So you have the grumpy night sister stare into space award for what didn't work for you. Was there anything that, that did not, that, that just you wanted more of, or like that, that you weren't crazy about in this episode. And Bill, I'm going to start with you because you're, you're pondering already. So was there anything that's going to get that grumpy night sister stare into space award for you? Oh man. Um, yeah, it's really hard. Because I just feel that, oh, you know what it was? I It was, the, it's just, again, this is the nitpick. It's just like, how many goddamn helmets are you going to have where you can't see out of? Like, I felt like all <laughs> the training stuff, I'm just like, okay, is there's got to be another way to train a Jedi. I've seen it too, way too often. 
Um, I, so that was it for me. Like, I got the point, and like, I actually liked how it ended, which she was kind of getting it, kind of not getting it. But I'm like, guys, with the with the probe and this, I, I feel like we saw this in, in Force Awakens. We saw this here. We saw it's just like, oh, all right, enough's enough. Um, let's 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 open a new textbook here. Um, and I liked it, but I it did how annoying that was to me. Did make the rest of it great because it was now about okay, instead of just here's this probe or his droid here's me fight me and i think that worked a lot better but yeah just like let's get rid of the you know the blacked out helmet okay yeah that was i mean that you valid point there for sure because it's definitely a, a tried and and uh tried tired. and not necessarily true it was tired, yeah tried and tired uh for <laughs> sure clearly it's not working because it doesn't work for anyone that it's been used on before but you know but that's a, that's a solid solid choice so amanda what gets your grumpy night sister share in a space award what didn't work, if anything? Honestly, I think it pretty much all worked. I loved how this episode felt more like an Ahsoka show episode compared to a Rebels continuation. If there was something you had to improve on for this, I would probably say I would have liked to see more of um, Balon throughout it instead yeah. of just the last part of him in the end. Other than that, though, I think it was great. I think maybe it would have been better to have him the inquisitor and um uh, shin i think her, yes. her name is, yes. the her name is shin. um i think maybe if he had all three of them in the um ships hunting down soka and everything and then might have been cool i think maybe a little more of him would have been great but honestly i don't think we need too much of a change to be honest yeah, I'm with you. It's it's tough because there was so much in this episode that worked. And I just, but that that I'm actually okay with too because it forces me to be pickier. So I feel like yeah. whenever I give these, it has, to, I'm, I'm being very, very, very picky. Um, you know, for me, I am never going to say no to more chopper. You know, I was like, we, we yeah, got it for like true. a hair of a moment. And I was like, where's my favorite war criminal? We need more chopper. Uh, but for me, what did it was, you know, you had Morgan staring out into space but she could have done more and i feel like with her you know we introduced the fact last episode you know the last couple episodes that she's she has magic power she has she is a she's a descendant of dathomir and i feel like you introduce the concept of the idea that she's she's a descendant of these very powerful witches but yet she couldn't she wasn't very effective in this in this like dogfight. you know it was like yeah, she just kind of stared off budget. yeah and i'm just like she wasn't that effective. I mean, it was interesting to see the tension between, but that was already been teased with the, the tension between her and of course, Balin and Shin. But I feel like, you know, you, you kind of built her up. She's very, she's supposed to be very central, but she had a very minimal role in this. She's supposed to be the main, until we get to Thrawn, the main mastermind or main baddie, we should be getting more from her. No disrespect to Diana Lee and Osanto. She is a great actress. She works with what she's given, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more, um, coming from Morgan you know again she maybe could have used some of more of her witchcraft we could have seen some more of that and development there but that's me being very very picky um so you guys what gets the loth cat purr of approval because I still love that category name I love my loth cat and I want one um the loth cat purr of approval for the best performance in this episode who just knocked you on knocked you off your feet um you know Amanda who gets that happy loth cat approve per of approval for you oh, that's hard honestly maybe um natasha playing sabine 
and that I thought was amazing to see how much she struggled with the force especially with like the background of her being not force sensitive and now this is coming in where she is possibly force sensitive I think seeing that struggle especially within her having that acted out was just incredible I would say to see all right the solid choice yeah she did a great job this episode channeling kind of going through all the different emotions frustration anger you know humor I mean Natasha's just she's slaying as Sabine and I, I'm, I'm here oh, for yeah. it so for sure so Bill who gets that Lothcat for approval for you Mary Elizabeth Winston man she was awesome she really brought it man she was really just fantastic and everything she did she didn't have a, a lot of screen time but it was very impactful um a lot of people I saw online were like, this was the episode that convinced them that she was right for the role. I'm like, I was pretty much convinced yeah. from, the, from the jump, but she was great. And she brought the, she brought like this, I, I don't know. It's like the sense of anger. You don't see like, like, I don't see a lot in star Wars. It's just like, she was like, I went through this. Like she imbued it with such trauma and such like, I went through hell and you're denying my experience. And I think right. it was that was a really great way to play that where it could have just been very yelly in one note. Yeah, she really did her homework because I feel like that's how Hera is in Rebels. You know, she you you have somebody who's very passionate yet very level headed and you know, who's practical, but yet she gets fired up and she gets, you know, I think Mary, yeah, she's a, another solid choice. I I I mean, she's been nailing it since since day one. She said it too. She's like, I watch Rebels. I tried to embody, you know, what I saw out of Hera. And I'm like, man, she just, another one just slaying it here. My choice is going to be a little unconventional, but he's he is sliding in from supporting role into like main character status. Who Yang over here, guys? I mean, <laughs> Dave Tennant. I just, just straight up, you know, nuggets of wisdom, dropping it on everybody. Just channels humor where it's needed. You know, again, most droids are kind of side, you know, side characters. You get like the quippy one-liners or whatnot. But, you know, Dave Tennant is doing a great job with this robot with 25,000 years of experience who is sharing that and trying to help in his own way repair, you know, the relationship between ah Ahsoka and Sabine and giving these, you know, sharing his experience. And I think is a very relatable to me, but the most relatable droid to date. Mine is Chopper. Uh, Chopper will always have my heart. But, you know, kind of you have C-3PO, you have R2-D2, we all love. But, you know, this is the first time I think you're really seeing a droid outside of kind of just the the secondary role. And you're getting to to work with him and 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 just he's sliding quickly into somebody who's a primary who's a primary role on the team. And it's great. So Dave Tennant just continues to to make this character his own and just and just be awesome. So I'm here for more Hu Yang. And yes, forever, <laughs> forever. And I want to see him and Chopper interact more because that would be great. So you know that's going to be gold. Um, so speaking of, for our last award category, um, I'm going to go with the Hu Yang clapback, you know, for the worst performance because we know Hu Yang, he is not afraid to share. <laughs> he is not doing well um, <laughs> in a particular role. So was there anybody whose performance didn't wow you this time? So um, Bill, I'm going to start with you. Who who was who who's gonna get that clap back? Who needs to improve? Who need who do we need to see more from? Um, I wanna say from from Shin. Uh I felt this was a very one note. Um they didn't they, there was not a lot for her to do. And it was just like it was like 
grimace and pretend you're flying a spaceship. And she's such she was so good in the first two episodes and so menacing. I feel like we lost a bit of that. I felt she was a little defanged in this episode. And I feel like during the hunt episode, which I hope is next, or if this does happen, um, she's gonna it's she's gonna go all out. And that's it probably will end up being my favorite character next episode. Okay. How about you, Amanda? Honestly, I agree with that. I think her performance in that episode felt very like two-dimensional and you could kind of tell she was trying really hard but it didn't completely live up to some of the expectations we might have had or experience we've had with other people in the same position she's in as in flying um and everything so i think maybe uh shin i would have to say could have like used a little more oomph in her like step but honestly again i just completely biased towards the show i don't think there was that much wrong with it yeah it's it's a tough it's a tough call you know i think it's more for me in this category not necessarily you know strength of performance is just who do i want who would i want to see more of in terms of screen time i was disappointed we didn't get enough balin until the very very end it would have been interesting mm-hmm. to see his his arc progress but i feel like maybe next episode that's going to make up for that we're going to get this like killer yeah. scene um I still would have liked to have seen more from Morgan. I know I feel like I'm picking on her a lot, but there's so much potential with the reveal that was given in these first, you know, these first episodes. And I just, I want to see more now knowing, and I have all these expectations of the Night Sisters because of previous content. So it's like, I want to see more from her knowing that she is a Night Sister and just knowing like you, you had Mother Talzin before you had Asajj Ventress. Of course, you know, your Night Brothers with Maul and Savage Press, that they were these forces to be reckoned with. And I want to see, you have that legacy attached to you. I need to see more um, about that. So but again, being very, very picky, it's it's difficult to, to because uh, the show has been, has been just straight on point since. So you guys, again, thank you. Thank you both for hanging in there, talking to Soka with me, Amanda. Very, very much appreciate you. Please go check out her work on thepopbreak.com. So uh, before we wrap things up, I uh, definitely want to, Bill, can you channel your inner owl for a minute and give us a uh, rating a rating category? And then we'll dive into, since we haven't done it in a bit, a quick pop culture recommendation where we can find people on social. So Bill, give yep, us a rating one, system. Very easy. One to 10 purgles. <laughs> Yay, purgles. So you start, Bill. What do you yeah, rate this episode? One to ten purples. Uh it's gonna be an eight and a half. Um, it just due to the amount of it, it's it's very much a progression of storylines and stuff like that. Like there were no performances that knocked it out of the park for me in this one, but the action was off the charts. I love the dog fight. I love just the new worlds we're going to, and it continues a very simple simplistic, but not simple storyline. We are keeping we're 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 keeping it tight, which is good. And is what has lacked in a lot of Disney Plus series that we have covered on this podcast. So I like to say, like, we're keeping it tight, a lot of action. And yeah, I'm very much looking forward to next week, which is, you know, again, the last few shows we've done has always been a little bit of a chore as opposed to an excitement. All right. So, Amanda, one to 10 purgles for this episode. Uh... I'd have to say nine purgles out of ten. I think the only thing that could have like helped was getting more Balin in that episode. I missed him so much. I wish he had a lot more screen time than he actually did, but it'll be all right because I'm sure next episode he'll have 20 times more screen time than he did. 
Yeah, for me, I'm going to kind of go with Jill's rating. I'm going to go with eight and a half purgles because um, this episode was solid. It felt like watching a really, really good episode of Rebels, which I always enjoy. Um, just the feel, the vibe, the story progression. So, 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 so good. So um, lots of Easter eggs, uh, lots of doors opening. Uh, you know, we got Jason Sindela. I'm happy. Got my, my, my war criminal, even though I got him just for a little bit more chopper in my life makes me happy. Um, and just, yeah, the, the dog fight was great. Uh, it's, it's what was fun about rebels is coming to life for me here. And I'm, I'm happy and I'm good. I'm good with it. So, um, and only more to come. That's the exciting part. So you guys, again, thank you both for being here and for, for sharing your thoughts on this episode. Of course, you know, we still have five more to go and it's going to be awesome. So, um, so to wrap up, you know, if, if y'all could share just a quick pop culture recommendation again, since we haven't done it in a bit and tell us where to find you on social. So Bill, I'm going to start with you. Where do we find you on social and your pop culture recommendation for everybody? Sure. Um, if you have must follow me on Twitter, I'm at Bodkin writes, but most importantly, check out the every single day. We've got so many awesome things. I'm actually for the first, like this summer has been insane with the amount of content we have had. I am so backed up with the amount of stuff we still have to get out. It, it's it, which is like, there have been some summers, especially the past few years, where it is like it is scraping the bottom of the barrel, hoping people we could even, you know, post one story a day. Now I have enough for five a day and I still have to get them all out, and which is great. We have a lot. We have tons of great writers like Amanda, who came, Amanda Jr., who came on this summer and did some great stuff for us. And I hope some of them I know are going to be sticking around, which I'm very excited for. Uh, tons of, of shows we shot. So a lot of great stuff. And of course, follow us on socials at the pop break on okay i'm just remember everything facebook instagram twitter blue sky and youtube and of course follow my other podcasts uh on pop break today i do anchored in asbury bill versus the mcu and then on pop break tv i do tv break and if i want to make a pop culture recommendation hey wrestling fans did you watch all in from wembley stadium because holy shit that was great uh, if all you heard about was CM Punk and Luke Perry's son getting into a fight, you're missing out on what I thought was an absolutely legendary show, one of AEW's best shows, because what it did was it highlighted the best of what AEW does. Uh, the uh, stadium stampede match was one of the most violent things you'll ever see in, in, a, in a football stadium ever. And so, yeah. Lots of great stuff there. If you're a wrestling fan, it's on Bleacher Report right now. It is a fifty. It's fifty bucks, but it's definitely worth that price tag for sure. And ch- follow Pop Break on Twitter as we are going to be at AEW All Out in Chicago this Sunday. Shout out to our buddy Kimmy, who's going to be in the media scrum and live tweeting from the United Center in Chicago. And Bill, didn't you write a piece as well on? Oh, yeah, I did write a piece. If you would like to check that out, just mosey on over to thepopbreak.com. Only my first piece in five months after my writer's block just ended. So, yeah, go check that out. I only have 500 pieces on that site, so you can check it out. I know. I know. It was really well done. I just, I read it. It was great. So, of course, I had to put it over. So, there you go. Listen, brother. Uh, (laughs) Well, if you're going to follow me, uh, I am at Mandalorian on Instagram and threads, uh, at Chick on X. That's terrible. <laughs> so uh, it sounds so terrible. There's the, so many jokes on this. On the, I've on made the all of them. Yeah, <laughs> all of them, all of them. So, um, and of course, you know, we hope you guys, like Bill mentioned earlier in the podcast, check us out, Anime Pop, 
we spell it anime X pop for all you spy family, hunter, hunter people. You'll know what I'm talking about with the X there. Um, but hopefully you'll check us out. We're going to have our debut episode come in soon. We're going to be talking about the one piece live action show that's debuting tomorrow on Netflix. We're also going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of the gear five reveal in the anime. Uh, you know, we've got our, our, of course, Bill is going to be one of our first guests on the, the podcast. And of course uh, my significant other, the crazy, the crazy other half that, that, uh, you know, I've chosen to spend my life with, uh, and <laughs> our favorite professional wrestler, Brandon Vice is also going to be on there as our one piece expert, since he pretty much was like, I insist on being on, if you're going to talk about one piece, you must have me on. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so more to come on that. It's going to be a great time. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, my pop culture recommendation is actually going to be an anime that we will be covering uh, in a couple of months more in detail, but it is called My Happy Marriage. It is a shoujo, so it's definitely kind of a feel-good romance anime, um, and uh, it's about this, uh, our heroine, she is, you know, not very loved by her family. She's kind of the the, the cast-out stepdaughter, um, you know, step, uh, the redhead stepchild, but she is a basically sent into an arranged marriage with somebody who is supposed to be cold and ruthless. It has hooked me so far because he really has a very sweet heart inside. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I'm a sucker for those types of romances. Um, very well done. It's cracked like top, it's actually cracked top five lists um, multiple weeks over the summer. And uh, so more to come. That's actually on Netflix. So check it out. I've watched the first three episodes. They're up to episode nine right now, but we will be covering that um, more in detail in a couple of months on anime pop and of course to our fantastic guest amanda clark thank you so much for joining us please check out her previous two articles on the popbreak.com she's she's done some great work and i know she's going to continue to do great work but thank you again for for spending time with us today and sharing with us your love of rebels and your love of the show so please tell us where we can find you on social and your pop culture recommendation Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure, especially if it is the topic of Ahsoka and Rebels. That is an extra bonus. Um, you can find me on Instagram at amandas.news. That shall be me. And then for pop culture, I, on the same time every Tuesday besides Ahsoka, I am watching Only Murders in the Building, which I have a huge recommendation for. That show is phenomenal and anyone who has not seen it yet please watch it as selena gomez martin short and steve martin try to solve another murder for a third time it is hilarious and it's just mind-blowing such a great show awesome well thank you guys for tuning in and we will see y'all next week when we talk about episode four have a great day